Thanks so much for listening to the Clifton Church of Christ sermon podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope if ever you're in Clifton, Texas, you'll stop by and say hello. We hope you enjoy this sermon. The good life, and I've reiterated that that phrase doesn't necessarily mean what we think in our world, the good life of vacation homes and sitting by the beach and, and nice cars, and, uh, but the good life as in the life that uh, God has for us whenever we live in the fear of the Lord and, and walk and follow his ways. And what we've been looking at is the book of Proverbs primarily. And starting next week, we'll be looking at Ecclesiastes because Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job are all referred to as the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. And I believe all of them have one message told in different ways, but one message of trying to say, what does it look like to live well? What is it like to live this life well and in the fear of the Lord? And so um, we're going to be concluding Proverbs today and starting Ecclesiastes next week. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles to a, a chapter some of you may be familiar with, we're going to be in Proverbs 31. And Proverbs 31 begins with this uh, verse. And it says, The sayings of King Lemuel, another king uh, that we are pretty sure isn't an Israelite king, um, but he gets to have a little section at the end of this, uh, this book that we've been reading. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. And then there's a little section where he talks about um, what it's like to be a noble king. And then we get to this famous section on what it's like to be what we have here as a, a noble woman. And so let's read that. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. How many of you, before I read this poem, how many of you know what this is in poetry? Does anybody know what that's called, that poem's called? So if this were a poem, it would be, you know, so for Catherine, calm, athletic, trustworthy, honest, reputable, youthful, not tall. Okay. Does anybody know what this is called? An acrostic. Okay. So just a further reminder that the um, authors of the Bible are doing way more than we ever realize. Proverbs 31, this proverb of the noble woman. She, this is an acrostic of the Hebrew alphabet. Every one of these lines starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet that's next. So it'd be like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but obviously it's Hebrew, not English, so it's Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, all the way through to the end of the Hebrew alphabet, and each line is a line. So anyway, just wanted to point out, that's, and for me, that's a cool, nerdy Bible thing that I think you can, you know, if ever you're in... Uh, Jeopardy, and that's the question, you know, which, uh, which story in the Bible is an, ac uh, an acrostic? You can say, what is Proverbs 31? So let's read this uh, together. Um, a wife of noble character, who can find? I'm only going to pause once, and it's going to be here. This word noble is actually a really interesting word. In Hebrew, it's the word chayl, and it means mighty or valiant. So whenever you have that famous passage where it talks about David's mighty men, this is the same word in Hebrew. It's often associated with warriors or battle, victory. And here we have it here. A wife of valiant or mighty character. Kind of cool. Not a lot of people know that. It's something that I think adds a little flavor to the passage. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good not harm. All the days of her life, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. 
Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and, dis and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works be, bring her praise at the city gate. So this is a beautiful poem that's doing a whole lot of work. And it's something that I, I know many of you have probably heard before. And it's one that is, in my opinion, really important for us to uh, understand, to understand the whole book of Proverbs. And it's, there's kind of a, a paradox here that I hope I can convey. This poem is a message for women. Yes, it is. But also, this poem is a message for all of us. Let me say that again. This poem is a message for women and for everyone else. We, ha we can't just leave it at, okay, ladies, this is who you're supposed to be if you're a really God-fearing woman. It has a deeper point and a deeper message. And this passage really is, you're going to have to let me convince you, it really is a passage for all of us. And let me point out to you some of the, the ways that there's some symbolism in this. First, um, you know how I, I'm always mentioning that the biblical authors are just doing so much more than we can fully grasp. One of the cool things that's happening here is how did the book of Proverbs begin? It began with a father sitting his son down and saying, I have a message for you. And what is the first thing that the father says? The father says, I want you to be careful of this one woman. Remember we did that whole, ser that whole sermon? Be watch out for this woman. And I want you to look and pursue lady wisdom, a woman of wisdom. And it was just the wisdom of this world personified as a, a woman. Now, that's the beginning of the book. Now we're ending the book of Proverbs with the teachings of a mother to her son about the right kind of woman. Isn't that fascinating? It begins with a father teaching his son about a woman, and now it ends with a mother teaching her son about a woman. And so we can't just see it as, oh, no, no, that, this is just a passage about how to be a good woman. But it's so much more than that, and it is, as the whole book of Proverbs has been, it is, what does it look like for us when we take the wisdom of God, the fear of the Lord, and we put it into our everyday practical lives? And so we're going to be able to see from Proverbs... Uh, Oh, I have this here. I meant to delete this, but Proverbs begins with a words from a father to his son about finding lady wisdom. And now it ends with words of a mother to her son about a woman who lives wisely. And so what I want to do is I want to point out, I'm going to pick a line from this section and I'm going to show the message of what it's saying to women and then how it's exactly in line with Proverbs that we've seen that are for all of us. So for example, Proverbs 31, 15 it says, she gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. People who live with the fear of the Lord and with the respect of God are not lazy people. 
This is not just for women because we now, we see earlier in Proverbs 6, 10 through 11, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. This message that we see personified in this woman in Proverbs 31 is for all of us. Do not be idle. Work hard. How many, I mean, come on. If there's anything I can get an amen from in this church, it's work hard, right? You know what I mean? That's right. Okay, next one. Proverbs 31, 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. By the way, I, I didn't say this earlier, but I, I, want, I want you to do this for me. I can't tell you the number of people in my life, women, both my wife, my sister, my mom, my grandma, women from growing up at Belton, women from Lake Jackson, who just embody so many of these qualities. And I know you do too. And I know so many of them are sitting in this room. And so I'm not going to call them out specifically today because I would be afraid to leave someone out. But I want you to think of who you think of when you hear some of these. And I want you to send them a text after church and say, I talk, we talked about you this morning. I want you to send the text to that person that whenever you hear this person works incredibly hard for her family. Send that person a text who you think of. The person who's generous to the needy. The person you think of, don't be afraid to send that text to them after church because they need to hear it. Because we know those people. And also, just to go along with the point of this sermon, technically you can send it to the men in your life who do those things too. But, you know, let's be especially kind to send it to the ladies in our life who, who embody this. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She is generous with the poor. What does the whole book of Proverbs teach us? A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes, others will be refreshed. The verse right before this says, the person who gives will continually get more and the person who withholds will continually find themselves lacking. Generosity is important to living the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 31, 26. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Does this mean that a God-fearing woman is the smartest woman in the room? No. But what does it mean is that they speak truth and they speak God's wisdom. This is crucial throughout the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 8, 32-33. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways and they listen to my instructions and they are wise. They do not disregard it. They teach it to others. A wise person learns God's instructions. And then my favorite of all of them, my favorite one of, uh, of all of these is Proverbs thirty-one thirty. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Unless you're Tom Brady, then you stay looking the same for forever. But no. Plenty of people seem to defy the odds of, of their beauty changing. But we know that there comes a point where you don't look like you did when you were 18, right? But a woman who fears the Lord is going to be praised not because of her looks, but because of her character and who she is. And what does Proverbs tell us throughout? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise, despise wisdom and instruction. I, I couldn't think of a great verse to pick for this one, but one of the, the big things in my life is I know who the wise, God-fearing people are in my life whenever I see that they don't fall for the frills of this world, but they hold on to the things that last and are eternal. And usually those things are not the beautiful things in the way the world sees the beautiful things. But they look a little different. And I really care a lot about that. I'm always just so amazed when I meet the people that I can tell, you put your priorities in the things that last. And I can also tell the people that put their priorities in things that I say, you're going to be really heartbroken someday whenever you're lying there and you realize, man, all this wealth I had amassed, all these cars I collected, I can't take them with me whenever I die. Okay. So, 
The theme that I've been saying throughout this is that this message for women is for all of us. It is a message of this woman looks like in everything an exemplar of what it means to take the fear of the Lord and put it into every part of her life. Everything. She is trustworthy. She is energetic, not lazy. She is resourceful. She is strong. She is prosperous. She is generous to the poor. She is fortified, a loving teacher, and a God-fearing person. All of these are what, if you take the fear of the Lord and Proverbs and bring them into your life, they can be for all of us. And all of these things, also another factor that's really big deal that you can see throughout the proverb is that they touch every part of her life. Her wisdom is lived out with her husband and her children at her house. Her wisdom is lived out at work in the community, in her buying and selling of land. Her work is lived out in the way she treats the, the needy in community. I, I love the parts of the, of the proverb where it says things like this. It says, uh, children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I like the part where it says, honor her for all her hands have done and let her works bring praise at the city gate. The part that says, whenever her husband goes to sit with the guys at the front of the town, all of them give him compliments because of how great his wife is. And, and the point that I want to make is, when you, whoever you are, married, unmarried, man, woman, when you live this God-fearing life, your life brings honor to the people your life touches. I can't tell you the number of times growing up at the Belton Church of Christ where people loved me and would do anything for me. Whenever I had my heart scare as a you know, sixth grader, played a soccer game, went to the hospital, I have a SVT. We found it when I was a sixth grader. My heart was beating like crazy. I remember going out in the lobby and there was like hundreds of people. And you know what? Those people weren't there for me. Those people are there because of my parents and because of the respect they have for them. And I am blessed because of their God-fearing lives. Does that make sense? I get to have the ripple effect of their fear of the Lord in my life because of nothing I've done, but because of what they've done in my life. Does that make sense? Those who fear the Lord, like the Proverbs, the woman in Proverbs 31, they have a ripple effect on everyone they touch. And sadly, people who do not fear the Lord also have a ripple effect on everyone their lives touches. And it's sometimes toxic and it can sometimes hurt and ruin lives. But I've been incredibly blessed. And frankly, if you ask me, Whenever I became a Bible major, the question everyone asked is, when did you become called to be a minister? Every job I've ever applied for, what's your calling? And it annoys me so much because I don't have some Paul Damascus Road calling. You know what my call is? I had a great life, lived following after the people that laid a foundation of faithfulness, who laid a foundation of faithfulness, that laid a foundation of faithfulness for me. Why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? That's The good life is the reason I want to be a minister. It's because of that foundation that was laid. And so here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about how for all of Israel, for a long time, the valiant wife of Proverbs 31 has been a treasured role model for all of God's people. Wise daughters grow up wanting to be her, and young men grow up wanting to marry her. All wise people aim to live their, out their lives where they take this wisdom and they apply it just like this woman portrays. And I want to make sure that some of you will read this proverb and you will think, man, I am lacking. Goodness, I don't do half those things on that list. I can never live up to that. I want you to realize this is, this is what the exemplary of the fear of the Lord looks like. Every one of these examples is when you are the absolute best at being generous, absolute best at trustworthiness and shrewdness, completely lived out. And frankly, if you're honest with yourself and humble, you know, like, I'm never going to be that woman. I'm never going to be a man that embodies the fear of the Lord like that Proverbs 31 
woman embodies the fear of the Lord. But you know what? There is a person who came and lived who did embody this fully. There is one who came, who lived the fear of the Lord in his home, in his work, in his community, with the poor, completely. And everyone he touched, everyone who came in contact with his life, was blessed because they had a relationship with him. He lived this out completely. If ever you wonder, man, is this even possible? What does this even look like? It has been possible for one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he came, and he, Jesus, truly incarnated the fear of the Lord, and he invites us to join him in this. It's obviously reasonable for us to think, well, I'm never going to be like this. Thank goodness I have a Savior who died for me to be, like this, to, to be able to be with Him. And that's true. But that doesn't mean He doesn't think He wants us to still try and live this fear of the Lord out in our everyday lives. He invites us to live this same life. He doesn't say, if you can't live this kind of life every day perfectly, then you don't get to come and be a part of my family. He says, there is a life that is good and it comes from fearing the Lord and trusting Him. When you have the, that relationship with me and with my Father, it will have ripple effects in every corner of your life and it will impact everyone your life comes in contact with. When you put your life in me, my Spirit will come and will dwell in you and will help you live this way. And so whenever we ask this question and we say, I don't know, how can I ever live like this? We always get to be reminded that he is able to do more than we can ask and think and imagine according to His power that is living within us and working in us so that we more and more grow into the people who do not value the things that are temporary, but we value the things that matter, that are people that are trustworthy, that take care of the needy, people that are shrewd with our finances. All of those things are ripple effects that happen in our life whenever we have this fear of the Lord. And so what I want to encourage you before we stand and sing this song is there is an invitation for all of us to value this life, to want to be a part of this life. And it often doesn't look like the way the world wants to sell the good life. But if you read Proverbs 31 and a tear comes to your eye, and you bring, read Proverbs 31 and you think, I want some of that, that invitation is open to all of us. And His name is Jesus Christ. And it comes from asking Him to be a part of our life. And comes from saying, I want to make you the Lord of my life, and you be the one that guides my decisions. If any of you would like to do that now, we're going to be up here. If any of you have any prayer requests or anything, our elders are going to be standing at the exits while we stand and while we sing this song.